Good morning. Welcome to worship this day. I invite you to rise as we come before God and center ourselves for worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who spoke light into creation, who calls us to listen and to follow, who sends us to shine like stars. Let us come before God confessing our sin with the assurance of God's grace and God's mercy. Holy and merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. It is good to stand together with you and be honest about who we are, that God is God and we are not. It is also good to stand with you and receive these words. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for God's sake, God forgives us all our sins. Here and now, by Christ's authority, I declare to you that your sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. By your spirit, hold us forever, that through your grace we may worship you and faithfully serve you, follow you, and joyfully find you, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated for our kids to come forward at this time. Up, young one. Check. Check, check, check one. Okay. Come on up, everybody. I want to show you something, though, so if you want to sit in front, kind of, you might, that might be better. Good. All right. All right. Show you. Oh, right in front. <laughs> okay. So I have a question, though, before I show you something. Have you ever been invited to something? What are you, what, what, what comes to mind when you've been invited to something? Yes. Birthday party. Sleepover, Christmas party, excitement. Abby, that's awesome. When you get an invitation, that's kind of exciting, isn't it? Church? Whoa, you're, you just preached my sermon for me. There you go, there you go. Um, yeah, like for instance, this is not a phone. See, I would not bring out my phone. That would be <gasps> sacrilege. That'd be horrible. Anyway, look, what is this? 
you're invited. It's like a picture of an invitation, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, this one happens to, I think, be um, a marriage, a wedding. But, you know, it's cool. It's exciting to get an invitation. Wouldn't it be amazing if Jesus sent us an invitation? Wouldn't that be really cool? Well, here's a really cool thing I get to share with you. How many of you have been baptized? Think? Yeah, yeah. Louisa, yeah, she's baptized too. Yeah. When you were baptized, you got an invitation. Not like this, but you actually got an invitation. You got a call to be God's child and a promise that you are God's child. You got an invitation to be a part of the church. So Jesus is going to give another invitation in a different way today in our gospel reading. He says, come and see. Can you say that with me? Come and see. When people are asking him questions, he says, hey, come and see. Well, that's what we get to do. Now, I want to have you also teach you another very complex and scary word to some people. It's not scary to me at all. I don't know why it's scary to other people. But anyway, it's called evangelism. Can you say that with me? Evangelism. One more time. Evangelism. An evangel is a proclaimer of good news. So evangelism typically means talking about Jesus, talking about your faith. Well, like, you, you can't see it because I'm looking out at the adults, and actually there's sweat coming down from a lot of people. A lot of people's brows, and I mean, I'm, fe I'm feeling a lot of panic. You know, it's a scary word because we don't want to look weird or whatever. We're talking, talking about Jesus sometimes is hard, but what if we thought about evangelism as simply come and see, giving an invitation? Come and see. Like, you could probably, maybe you know a friend that doesn't come go to a church. Maybe you could say, hey, you want to come and see? You want to come with me? You know, that, that's all it is. Just giving an invitation. It's not so hard. Does that sound cool? All right, good. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for these young people. Bless them. Help us to share the good news by simply inviting people to come and see. And thank you that you have given us all an invitation to your grace and your love in Christ Jesus. And especially bless these young ones, these children, these youth here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Kids Word. Mandy's in the back. If you're going to Kids Word, she's there. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you people from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was still in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He hid me a polished arrow. Pardon me, he made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward with my God. 
And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his holy name, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brothers Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all of those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord.
first chapter. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, the word of the Lord. Oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Serves me right for leaving it up here. When I think about epiphany and a light, that light shines actually today in words. I remember back when I was in Scouts, we were up in a, some backpacking trip up on the Mugion Rim and near Prescott, Arizona, and lots of ponderosa pines, and we had found a nice camp site, and and of course, it's getting a little bit close to dark. And what do you need when it gets close to dark? You need some firewood. You need some light. So I took off, you know, to get some firewood. And of course, I didn't see a whole lot of firewood around. So I kept looking. And I wasn't really paying attention. And I don't know if you've ever been in a big ponderosa pine grove. But most of the trees look alike. <laughs> so I kept on. I was going to bring back to camp a lot of really great firewood because we were going to have a great campfire, and I just kept walking and kept looking, and, and uh, all of a sudden it started to get a little closer to dark, and I started, wow, I guess I better start, you know, uh, headed back. And I started to head back and realized I had no idea which way was back. <laughs> and all the trees looked the same. Now, of course, I could not just start screaming for help. That would be humiliating. <laughs> all my fellow 
scouts would be like, oh, you got lost, did you, Bill? <laughs> so I'm going to try and find my way back, but it's getting closer and closer to dark, and I'm not, everywhere I go, it's not seeming to get me right, and I can't seem to find any spots. You know, I did all the things wrong, and um, I'm just about ready to start, you know, like, help, yeah. And you know, I have a pretty fairly decent loud voice, I'm what I'm told. But anyway, so I was about ready to use it, and then I heard in the distance, Bill. <laughs> Fortunately, my brother, who was on the same trip, looked around and didn't see me. And he started shouting for me. I yelled back, Bill. And between the shouts back and forth, I got my bearings and I made it back. What a difference a voice, a word can make when you're lost. John the Baptist is out in the wilderness and he proclaims, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He proclaims a word to us today. And that word is a light. That word is a revelation about who Jesus is. Lamb of God. Now, lambs were not used in the Old Testament, interestingly, for sacrifices for sin. They were definitely sacrificed. And, of course, we have the Passover lamb, that incredible event where the blood of the lamb, the perfect lamb, was spread over the lentil, the, the doorposts of the people of Israel when they were in Egypt, um, the Hebrews. And, of course, the angel of death would pass over those houses. And so you have to think about that when you think about John saying, this is the Lamb of God. But this Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. So it's interesting. Now, we're used to that phrase. We sing it every Sunday, the Agnus Dei, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But it's interesting. What seems to be happening here is the evangelist, John the Baptist, and then John the Gospel writer, seem to be taking two images that sac of sacrifice for sin and then this perfect Lamb of the Passover and bringing them and putting them together. It's kind of like when Jesus said what's, you know, he told everybody the greatest commandment. What is it? Love the Lord your God. Come on. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and your... Right. Now, do you know that those are, that's not a direct quote from the Old Testament? The first part is from one passage. The second part's from another. And he brings it and puts them together. Well, maybe that's what's happening with this phrase, Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Because after all, if... The promise, the good news that comes to us as we hold up this cup of the new covenant, blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins, as we hold that up, as we receive that gift, that word, and that promise, is that the sin, which what are the wages of sin? That that passes over us. That that's the gift we've received. So in the midst of, you know, the forests, and the many trees of our broken relationships, our physical illnesses, our cancers, our addictions, our grief, our peer rejections and peer pressures, the, the constant trial we're always under out there in the world measure, trying to measure up. In the midst of that forest and getting awfully lost, we have the promise and sometimes off, wrapped up in the sin of all that. We have the promise that the blood of Christ has been shed for us. 
that our sin passes over. We don't receive the wages of that sin, and death passes over. What a good news when we get lost to hear this promise, huh? Well, the amazing thing about this word that we hear in Epiphany, this revelation, is it's not just a declaration over us and about us. That's for certainly true. But this word comes in a much more dynamic force. It isn't just proclaimed over us, but this word comes and claims us. It calls us. It encounters us. It engages us. Um, the way I started thinking about it, I don't know if this works, but... Um, you know, who, who owns our lives? Right, you know, right? That's the safe Sunday school answer, right? God. But it's true. If we believe God created us, then we belong to God. That's, of course, the battle that human beings have with God. We want our own, we want to do it our own way. But, you know, so God has, but God has a claim on us because he created us. It's a simple analogy. You know, there's been a few times when I've gone to a fancy enough place where they had a coat check. Have you ever been to one of those? <laughs> Just a couple times. You know, you, get, you go there and you hand somebody your coat. And what do they give you? A claim check. That's right. Well, it's kind of like this. When God's word comes to us, it's like God has a claim on our life. I claim you. I created you. You are mine. But he doesn't come after us like, I want you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to punish you. No, I want you. I want to be in a relationship with you. I claim you as my own. When you hear the word that John the Baptist speaks, when the, the whole story of the scripture is culminating in Christ speaks, when you hear it, it isn't just for you, it also does something to you. It does put you to death and bring you to life. It does make a claim. The biblical word for this claim is in all three passages today. And it is simply the word call. Call. I just love those videos of the of the would-be professional athletes, you know, when they're waiting on draft day, you know, and they got their whole family around them, and they're waiting for that call and they answer that phone. And, this is Pete Carroll. How'd you like to be a Seahawk? We need some more defenders. We need a couple good choices next year, right? Okay, sorry. Anyway, um, but, you know, and then everybody just erupts. Woo, yeah, we got the call. I mean, what would it be if you today and the faith of your baptism is will bring Amelia to this call and to this waters and to this word and to this revelation, this epiphany, this gift. What would it be if as you remember your baptism, you would go, wow, God called me. What would that be? What would that look like? Check this out. What does Paul say to the Corinthian church about him? Paul, how he understands himself. He says, Paul, an apostle called by the will of God. If you ask Paul, who are you? Paul would say, I'm called. That's why. God's called me. And who's he writing to? He's writing to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. That means made holy, set apart. You've, the blood of the lamb, you know, you've been sanctified, you've been made holy. The sin has been wiped out taken away from you, so now you're holy. Where he says, I'm writing to those sanctified, what? Called to be saints. That is to be the sanctified. The, whole, the called out ones, the, the holy ones. So what Paul is actually saying is, I'm writing to people who are sanctified and called to look like it. And to live into that. Be who you already are in essence. 
So, Paul, so what, what is our identity? If I ask you, who are you? Well, after this service and after this day, I'm called. That's who I am. I'm called by the will of God and the faith of my baptism to shine the light that Christ shined. The servant in Isaiah says, I've been called from my mother's womb. And then at the very end of that passage, I don't know if you notice, it says, I'm chosen. God chose me. God called me. Yes, Jesus understood his life that way. But the promise now is that word comes to us and it sweeps us up into that same call. Who are you? One who is called. But I kind of um, missed the mark a little bit. Because this you is not a singular you. This is a plural you. Paul is speaking not to individuals, yes to individuals, but he's speaking to a church. What would it be for Silverdale Lutheran to really get today that God had a specific purpose for us and called us out into the world to proclaim the good news and, and to shine God's light? I mean, if we really got this, I think it would wake us up. I think more than a third of the congregation would say, i got to get there on Sunday i got to be a part of this. This is my call. It's not, I, I, I'm sorry. I might get a little excited here on this, but I'm tired of American Christianity, which is basically I'm going to go to the grocery store I like. Which church fits my needs best? Like, like you're going shopping. That's ridiculous. You've been claimed in your baptism and you've been put into a church and you are called to be his light to the world. That's what you should think about when you wake up on Sunday morning, not, hmm, I wonder if it's going to be a good sermon or not. <laughs> no, I'm called to be there. Whether we have an orchestra, or we have a worship band, or we have the organ, whatever it is, I'm called to be there. I'm called to be a part of that. What about if you looked at your checkbook, your debit card, and you said, yeah, my money Maybe we would stretch ourselves a little more in that regard. What about your time? What about your treasure? What about your gifts? Do you have a sense that you are called? Here's the deal. If there's one thing that I think answers why, if, if indeed American Christianity is in the decline, or some people think it is, um, compared to places in Africa, certainly so, the one difference is that I think as lay people, you've somehow thought your call is kind of secondary. The real important call is the pastor's. The professionals, they're the ones that make the church. We're not the church. You are. I'm just one of you. Jonathan's just one of you. Paul's just one of you. Yes, you said we want you to preside at the altar, to minister the sacraments, to baptize, to do the Lord's Supper, to preach, to teach, to disciple. Yes, we want you as a leader. But let me tell you something. If that call of ours diminishes yours, we miss the boat. Because your call, my call, in the face of our baptism, that's what makes us who we are. Dude, how's your sense of call today? Your gifts, your talent, your treasures. Like, wow, God looked at me and said, here's the claim check. I want you. I, I love Paula's sermon on, um, on Christmas Eve. How she talked about the, the story of being in the adoption court. I was talking to someone who was adopted recently. No, I talked to someone recently who was adopted. 
And they were sharing their story. It was a powerful story, and there was a couple other people listening. And they were adopted later, later in their teens, like 13, 14 years old. And the one of the other people listening said, man, that must have been kind of hard, wasn't it? To not really have people who really claimed you until you were 14. And he, he said, yeah, that, it was. But actually, it was really beautiful. Because you see, I was a really messed up teen. I was a problem. And they still looked at me and said, we want you. Is it any different for you and I? Because when I know I start talking about call, I, you know what, I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'm not very good. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't have this. I'm, you know, does he know who he's talking to? Are you sure? Blah, 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 blah. Hello, I'm a human being. I don't measure up. Yeah, you don't measure up. But God looks at it and he says, oh, I can do something with that. I can do something with that person. Yes, absolutely. God loves to call broken, frail, weak, struggling, broken people into ministry because that's who we all are. And he's looked at us and he's adopted us and he's called us by name. That's the light. That's the gift today. That's the gift Amelia will receive in baptism. That's the gift we've all received. Let us treasure it and be reconnected into the sense of call this day. Amen.
I invite the baptismal party forward. Justin from the Oregon. <laughs> you guys are going to have you come right over here. Beautiful. Right. Yes, good. We have a mic. You know what, Justin? How about if Olivia, you come right in the middle here? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Let's remind ourselves what's happening in this event here. In baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father frees us from sin and death by joining us, connecting us up to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are reborn children of God and made in members of the church, the body of Christ, living with Christ. And in, communion of the, in the communion of saints, we grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. That's what this is about. Sponsors, please. Right here. Yep. We present Amelia May Cormier for Holy Baptism. Justin and Olivia, called by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the grace and love of God, do you desire to have Amelia baptized into Christ? We do. As you bring your child, as you bring her to receive the gift of baptism, you're entrusted with responsibilities. You've been called to live with her among God's faithful people, to bring her to the Word of God and the Holy Supper, to teach her the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Ten Commandments, Place in her hands the Holy Scriptures and nurture her in faith and prayer so that she may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and work for justice and peace. Do you promise to help Amelia grow in the Christian faith and life? We do. Sponsors, in Christian love, you have presented Amelia for baptism. Do you promise to care for her faithfully in every way as God gives you opportunity? that she may bear witness to the faith we profess, and that living in the covenant of her baptism and in communion with the church, she may lead a godly life until the day of Jesus Christ. People of God, do you promise to support Amelia and pray for her in her new life in Christ? I ask you then, as those surrounding Amelia, to reject sin, profess your faith in Christ, and confess the faith of the church. Do you renounce the devil and all his forces that defy God, the powers of this world that rebel against God, and the ways of sin that draw you from God? We renounce them. With the whole church, let us confess our faith. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of Christ.
Amelia May Cormier, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let's proclaim together. Amen. You belong to Christ, in whom you have been baptized. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit, you give your daughters and sons new birth. Wash them from sin and raise them to eternal life. Sustain Amelia with the gift of your spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Right. Amelia, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Just a quick thought. It's just ordinary water, isn't it? You know? But we put the words of Jesus together with this water. It brings Amelia a present. God's love, grace, forgiveness, um, the promise that she's in his arms forever. And so, um, what a gift that is, isn't it? Indeed. Now I get to get to <laughs> see if I can not wake her up. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, my dear. Well, through baptism, you have been received into the household of God, Miss Amelia, entrusted with the good news of Jesus Christ and strengthened to serve by the holy and life-giving spirit. Let us welcome Amelia. We welcome you to the body of Christ. All right, you can give her a applause. I think Soak it up, girl. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. All right, well, I guess I give her, get, get her back to mama. All right. You guys can be seated, and we will continue with the prayers. Please stand. Join our prayers now with uh, prayers for Amelia and her new life in Christ, for the whole people of God everywhere. Lord Jesus, as we seek to lift ourselves up, you come down to us, even sharing our baptism for the forgiveness of sins. As we seek to isolate ourselves and make our own way, you call us into community as disciples to follow you. Humble us and guide us that we may seek your will, Lord, your mercy. Hear our prayers. God, our Father, we are all your children, no matter what minds divide us. Our politics, our race, our nationality, our language, our gender are all part of what makes us who we are. But all of these things bow to your will for justice, equality, unconditional love, and connection. 
Help us to love one another through difficult times. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Spirit of God, we give you thanks for your prophets of old and for those who live in our own time. Today we remember your spirit of accountability, of love, and of reconciliation that course through the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the movement he led in our country. Let your spirit fall on and inspire leaders everywhere that the nations may indeed stream to your mountain of hope. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Lord God, we lift up Heidi Thorson and John Auernheimer at the death of their mother. As their families gather back in the Midwest, be with them, protect them, watch over them. Give them your peace. God, we also lift up before you Gary Ludwig and Gabby and Gary's family as he is on hospice care. We pray for Alan and Debbie Rue as Alan begins cancer treatments this week. We pray also for Linda Roberts' family as her brother-in-law, Jim, is uh, advancing as his cancer is advanced. We pray um, also that you would bless uh, Creator Lutheran Church in Bonnie Lake and that you would bless our former intern, Amanda Olson de Castillo, as she is installed in that, with that congregation this day. God, we also pray that you would be uh, with Kevin Crane as he has another upcoming eye surgery. God, we also pray for those who are recovering from illness and surgery, for Dory Pitts, for uh, Michael Klein, Sean Hamrick, Delaney Gallagher, and Lynn Rupp. We pray for those who are facing cancer, for John and Kathy, uh, Bowman, Elizabeth, Angela, Dave, Jim, Ron, Kathy Schaefer, and Carol. And for many who are deployed and their families here at home, Paul, Bradley, Aaron, Rebecca, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, David, and their families here at home. We also lift up to you many for whom we continue to pray and who continue to be in our thoughts and prayers each day, and those we name now before you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, all things for which we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with one another. As you uh, continue to share signs of peace, I invite you to pass the friendship booklets along the way uh, to note your presence here with us in worship. If you're a guest of ours, 
You can't be a spec. Uh, uh, you can't visit church, right? You're you're here. You're part of it. Whether you're here for the first time or the 400th time, you're called um, equally. So, uh, but if you are a guest, if you can note some more information so we can send you a letter or an email of thanks for being with us, we'd appreciate that connection as well. Lots going on in your beacon, in your ministry card. But I want to um, do these announcements uh, fairly quickly, but with some visual aids. So, give me a sled. That's kind of weak. Give me a ski. Ski. What does that spell? Potato. That's right. Yes. I'm going to work backwards. This Saturday, potato bar, family fun frenzy night. Okay. Um, lots of mayhem. That's actually in the in the thing. It says there will be mayhem. But also potato bar. Also a dessert building contest, right? I'm going to enjoy that later. Um, and uh, the next week after that, we have a ski a ski day for all ages, all abilities. Um, a couple weeks after that, we have a, just a snow day for sledding, snowshoeing, that kind of thing. That's all, that's all we shoved. We took all this stuff and we shoved it into this. It's magical. We shoved it into this little thing right here. Also in there, comedy night coming up. Uh, the Socks and Sundries is coming up next weekend, service event. So pour through that and you'll see this and more there. All right, we continue our worship with our pledges and offerings.
Let us pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit of the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be your light and life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed our right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Sing praises. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Pour out your Holy Spirit that we may know you truly through these common elements, that we may know Christ. Amen. And let us pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to be seated and come forward as you're invited, where Christ is known.
I invite you to rise as you're able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Everlasting God, we bless you that you have brought us to the mountaintop and fed us with the light and life of your Son. Send us in his name from this place to bring light to the dark corners, healing where lives are torn, and nourishing every heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God the Father, light revealer. God the Son, light from light. And God the Spirit, light revealer. Bless you and give you peace. Amen. serve the Lord.